Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Man, we always tend to look for fairytale endings in the world after lovely stories. The 2020 Formula One season has been quite the story. The way we've managed to squeeze in so many races under 161 days, it's been amazing. But let's say it was not the most entertaining of endings, mind you. Nevertheless, we're here to dissect exactly what happened. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Inside Line Formula One podcast and to Pitch the Podium on YouTube. Once again, it's your hosts, Kunal Shah and Samal Arora. Kunal, he's been a racing driver before. He's worked as the head of marketing at Force India. Now works as a motorsport consultant for the VS Sport Network in Norway. What you're getting here is one man who knows exactly what he's talking about. And that is something that we will need today, Kunal, because a very interesting thing is that 2020 essentially has been a year where all of us have been under a safety car period. We've been having to wait for a while under scrutiny, under lockdown, with everyone bunched up together. And the same has been the case in Formula 1 too. I think 12 out of the 17 races have featured a safety car. But the one thing that we discussed right before recording is that today's race is one where the safety car essentially broke down any sort of entertainment that we seem to have. Yes, Samuel, absolutely. But firstly, thank you for the introduction. Okay, you you say that I know a lot of things in Formula One. I, I still do. don't know. I still don't know why Ferrari didn't pit their drivers under the safety car <laughs> period. Okay, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's a pleasure to be sharing the stage with you, given all your, uh, you know, all your fantastic commentary stints that you anyway do in in the racing network that you, you know you you you've been working so hard with. But Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, well, what can I say? You know, at, at the end of the day, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that had we not had a safety car period, okay, we may have probably had a more entertaining race, you know, as yeah. a season finale. And that's because, you know, that's, that's what I believe because, you know, the safety car came in at a time where it allowed most drivers to literally just convert uh, the race into a one-stopper. Uh, you know, and this is for those who are on the mediums, for those who are on the softs. And, you know, Pirelli always thought that it would be a two-stopper. But, you know, each time Pirelli says, hey, this grace is going to be an X-stopper, I think it's important for us to remember it to be X minus one pretty much at all the times we possibly can. They've just been making their compounds harder. They've been trying to make them softer, mind you. They want more stops. But it just does not happen for some reason. And it was just like the ultimate moment for the teams when they saw the safety car. And it was just like, ah, okay, job done today. If everything <laughs> stays the way it is, nothing to worry about. Season, it ends 30 laps earlier. That's what essentially happened today. <laughs> uh, which leads us very well to our very first question because we genuinely don't have enough competitors for this one. Which is the body moment, Kunal? <laughs> well, what I, do we do? You know, <laughs> what do we do? Uh, okay, I think... 
I think uh, I would say we, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll opt for a reverse moment, okay? Huh. And I, sorry, I'm turning your question around, but it's a, it's a podium to pits moment. And I think it was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in itself. And I don't think that the season finale was fitting enough for the kind of a season we've had in 2020 yeah. with the kind of races, with the kind of competition we've had, right? So it was just one of those races where by the third lap, we were like, oh my God, we have 52 more laps of this to, you know, undergo. And, you know, everyone was praying for the safety car. And, you know, like I said, when it came, it just took away all the entertainment. And at some point, you know, later on in the next few minutes, we can actually discuss why that safety car pretty much ruined the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as well. So that's my podiums to pit, uh, podium to pits moment. And I'm dying to hear if you have a pits to podium or a podium to pits moment to share. Ah. This is a tricky one. <laughs> right. Okay. Give me 10 seconds. Let's not take 10 seconds. You know, there's nothing in store. <laughs> Let's talk about what really happened now. So far into this video, and it's been, it's been a fair bit, we have not yet mentioned the race winner, Max Verstappen. Second win of the season for him. Uh, I still have questions about why Mercedes were not quick enough. Uh, of course, Mercedes did seem to just slack off a little bit. They didn't need to put in that much effort because it's all sealed and dusted. Even if Valtteri Bottas wouldn't have won, which he didn't eventually, he kept his P2. And Verstappen, uh, almost symbolically, taking home his P3 chair uh, before the race began, that, that is exactly what happened. Except this time, he got to the top step of the podium. You know, one thing that defined the race for me, Kunal, was I think one very small phrase in Hindi. Uh, it's the phrase, Jage Ho which roughly translates to, are you still awake? Because Verstappen, once he took control, he was just in cruise control, wasn't he? Verstappen aside, we know he's Max Verstappen, right? To give him the leeway, he'll just bounce on. That's, that's not abnormal. We know what he can do. But why were Mercedes not on the pace today? You know, a couple of reasons. Maybe the fact that Mercedes just were unable to unlock more pace. Okay, that's probably what could have been. You know, Valtteri Bottas uh, said in one of his uh, post-race press conferences that, uh, you know, Mercedes was faster on the medium tire, but hmm. Red Bull was faster on the softer tire. And then, of course, to be on top in qualifying, you need to be faster on the softer tire. So that was probably one of the reasons that Mercedes just did not unlock as much pace. Hmm. The second, which seems more probable, is that, you know, Mer Mercedes before the race uh, tuned down power for all their you know, cars that they were powering because this they had some gremlin sitting inside the MG UK. So for reliability reasons, you know, they sort of turned down all the Mercedes powered cars. So that could be one of the reasons. And again, another attribution we can make to the fact is that Mercedes literally stopped developing their 2020 car you know, uh, two or three months ago out of the five and a half months we've been racing this year. So Several reasons why they were probably unable to, you know, match uh, Max Verstappen and Red Bull Racing. And, uh, you know, usually the races when Mercedes is challenged and Max is ahead is, is pretty exciting. Yeah. But, you know, the, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was, again, uh, one of those examples that, hey, domination by any team and driver can be boring, whether it's, you know, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, or, you know, of the previous era, Sebastian Vettel. Exactly that. Exactly that. Domination in the world of sport can be a bit too boring. And speaking of Mercedes Canal, I just remembered, can we ever have BOP in the world of Formula One? Now, for those of you who are not big sports car racing fans, BOP is balance of performance. 
where because of course you've got different design philosophies in so many sports car races that you have to tinker around to make sure that they're all in the same field one very popular way of doing bop canal is by reducing the fuel flow limit and making sure that the power of the engine is cut down uh voluntarily bop perhaps in this case so maybe that's the solution we need to make sure that mercedes don't win too often and and good well time safety cars that that's the one thing we have to speak about <laughs> well then we'll also do what bernie eccleston said right just put sprinklers on the circuit then we can bring in all the reverse grids then then we can do whatever it takes to slow them down but you know i'm i'm pretty hopeful that you know not 2022 at least but say 23 and 24 and that's really four or five seasons from now when when all the you know performance sort of would come into an equalizer with the budget cap and 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 the various things that you know that are coming uh, in store in the coming season so that's the only way mercedes could you know literally be be contained and 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 that's some hope that we can we can have uh, you know for the future sombel but i'm i'm going to take this time to just sort of explain over the next couple of minutes why you know we think that the safety car mm-hmm. sort of ruined ruined the the race in in some ways because the big highlight of the race of course was max verstappen getting pole right and the two mercedes drivers behind him and alexander albon getting fourth place right so suddenly it was like wow it's two teams versus two teams and can alexander albon really be the wingman max verstappen could get and you know that was one question the second was what could mercedes mercedes strategically do hmm. uh, with the two drivers second and third to sort of uh, you know jump max for the race so of course alex was not really the wingman although he was right there but not quite there yeah but the 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 safety car took away this chance of uh you know mercedes using their two drivers strategically to try and get the jump on max and we've seen this before lewis in p3 goes longer than max and bottas in p1 and p2 and then he yep. just builds up a sizable advantage to still pit and come out ahead of them and that's pretty much what i thought would happen but the safety car took that away from us so that's one of the reasons why i would say it ruined it of course the safety car and this is more to do with uh, ferrari's choice of strategy they chose to not pit both their drivers under the safety car and we both saw how you know it worked out for them charles was on like like i tweeted charles was on the kimi raikkonen and sebastian vettel strategy <laughs> okay and it it just took 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 a fair bit away from us from the race i would say samuel Uh, at, at this stage i don't even have to say anything you just know you just know we we thought that binotto staying home would make a positive <laughs> difference and it did did you know so far we did see three races where ferrari were doing a good job i don't even know what they were thinking at this stage now i have the privilege of sitting in a very well air conditioned room in a nice and comfy chair Uh, just having the liberty to say all these bad things about ferrari it's a different thing to do that in perspective let's be very honest about that but considering the way things were going i think normally they should have pit right let's let's be honest about this one so uh, bad call leclerc was falling down he literally f- dropped down positions to everyone that he could find eventually there's this very funny moment in the race canal where george russell and charles leclerc were fighting and yes if you look at it from a broader perspective ferrari versus future mercedes driver they could be fighting for podiums what are they fighting for b15 oh Uh, that it, it it was that kind of a race but yeah that baffling strategy called a cyclonal there was one big thing about mercedes that i was a bit perplexed about mercedes chose not to 
split up the strategies. They chose to do the double stack. Now, it essentially is clubbing everyone together to make sure that both your drivers have equal opportunities. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that Mercedes just going a bit too soft because it's the final race? Because otherwise, had they not double stacked, Hamilton was obviously going to get the advantage in that case. And then they could have gone on and chased for the win. But they thought Hamilton's already won the championship. He doesn't need that win. If anything, we need to give Bottas an equal opportunity. And that's why they double stacked. Was that the reason why they went a bit more... Uh, they, went, they went for the more mellow strategy in that case. Well, personally, first, hats off to Mercedes for still doing the double stack. Because just mm. last Sunday, it was yeah, exactly. the double stack that cost them you know, major things. And just goes to show, uh, you know, you have to choose process over... Uh, over result you know you know that double stacking is the right thing to do you got it wrong once doesn't mean you'll get it wrong all the time and that's a great life lesson that we just had from mercedes Absolutely. in the 2020 abu dhabi grand prix but had had they not double stacked and had they sort of split strategies maybe they would have been more uh, inconvenienced with their second driver maybe the 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 loss would have been higher and and as you can see you know charles leclerc and uh, was was on the same strategy and i have my strategy sheet open here you know he 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 was on on the medium tire and uh, you know had had you know lewis hamilton gone as long on on his medium there is no guarantee that he would have even gotten a, a podium at that point of course exactly. the chances of him climbing up would have been higher so I think Mercedes on a double stack was actually pretty, pretty good. Uh, also, you know, I think uh, Formula One should have done this, but several other teams also did a double stack, including Carlos Sainz Jr. and, and yes. McLaren. And it's great to show that, hey, double stacking is fairly common for pretty much all the 10 teams in, in, in the pit lane. And uh, my mind also then goes to the signs uh, stroll incident that they had, you know, uh, with regards to the unsafe release and, you know, unnecessarily slow driving in, in the pit lane and so on. But hey, it was a battle for P3. And, you know, Abu Dhabi, if nothing else, has, has seen how driving slowly eventually keeps you ahead in, in the championship. You know, so it happened for McLaren uh, this uh, weekend. And it, it happened to Nico Rosberg in 2016. Oh, Vitaly Petrov in 2010 as well. Uh, this circuit has seen its fair share. Uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot. But uh, a question about the whole McLaren Racing Board incident. Because it did eventually have... A significant impact on their bank balances, mind you. That's the one thing we're coming up to immediately after this one. Was it really slow drawing by Carlos Sainz? Was it really trying to impede Lance Stroll? Uh, just in case you didn't know by this stage, McLaren RP3, they have done it. After what? 2012, that's the first time they're in the top three of the championship. Uh, after we discussed the whole thing about the Carlos Sainz incident, was really driving slow? We can also expand a little bit about... The implications of this, how much they're winning by finishing B3? Well, it's a lot of money in the Constructors' Championship. And I don't have the number of hand, but the fact is that they will get a higher share in, in the, from the common pool because there are lots of Constructor Championship bonuses and historic bonuses that even McLaren get. Not to the tune of what Ferrari anyway end up getting. And I'm pretty sure by the end of this all, even for fin finishing P P6, Ferrari will still make more money than the, than the you know teams ahead of them. But uh, talk, talking of P P3 for McLaren, and 
I think it's it's great testimony to the to the team that they've rebuilt. Uh, they've announced a new investment coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they're a supercar manufacturer themselves. So, you know, life and businesses must be tough in COVID-19. Uh, as we know, they were going to do a sale and lease back for their factory. They've had American investors announced this morning. They've got Daniel Ricardo joining them. So it's been a fairly great upswing in the, in the business uh, side and in and the racing side of uh, things for McLaren. And uh, truth be told, you know, it's it's uh, they don't have a third fastest car at their potential or, or at their disposal. What they've done is they've unlocked potential with both drivers consistently weekend after weekend. And that's the reason why they're in P3 Sonal. That's an excellent point, Kunal. Maybe it's just a slight giveaway of what Racing Point's weakness has been this year. And with Sergio Perez having that really, really unfortunate technical error, worst way to go out after such a long and emotional relationship, which just peaked one week ago. Bad way to go. Which reminds me, Sundaram from our team has come up with an excellent uh, observation, let's put it that way, where every Grand Prix winner... Every first-time Grand Prix winner this season, that's Gasly and Sergio Perez, have had a retirement in the initial laps of the very next race. And a great proportion of the Grand Prix, first-time Grand Prix winners within the hybrid era have had retirements in the very next race of winning their first-ever race. A baffling narrative again, Kunal, but that's just how things have been going. Yeah, that's how things have been going. And that's what Sundaram and Nityananda are so beautiful in doing, digging into such stats and observations. And that's why, you know, we've got such fantastic listeners like, you know, Shil Patel. Thank you for writing to us on Instagram and telling us how much you love what we do on Pits to Podium. A big thanks also to to Lucian for his amazing tunes, uh, Somil. So lots to look forward to for the next few minutes that we'll still speak and for the off-season. Yes, Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I'll just be stepping back for a second in terms of my thoughts because it's been such a tricky year, this one. We've had so many people supporting, listening, firstly all of our crew members at Pitch to Podium, then all all of you who listen and write to us. It's genuinely such a fascinating thing to see that uh, you have people who listen to your opinions and you really enjoy it. And the best part is they're not just listening and saying, ah, take it. they're doing what they're doing. That engagement level keeps us motivated to do even better. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being engaged and involved. It really keeps us on our toes. And it just uh, pushes us to make out the best podcast and the best video that we can for you. So uh, it's genuinely very heartwarming. If you can, drop in a text all the time. We, we, we'll be here. We'll try to respond as much as possible. And also, Kunal, it reminds me, end of the year, we have crowned winners for the Pitch to Podium Grand Prix Prediction Competition. We won't really hear. The winners are going to be on social media, but that's been something pretty amazing, hasn't it? It has. And, you know, I'm usually the worst when it comes to making Grand Prix predictions. (laughs) And it's amazing to see how some of the, you know, top 10 guys get it right so frequently. This is one thing I've been bad at ever since the time I saw my first race. I don't know if I think too much with my head or my heart or I don't think at all, but it's just something I'm really bad at. And that video is going to come up on Pitch to Podium very shortly. So uh, we'll give you a bit of insight about what's happening. We're trying to push out everything before Christmas. So we shall have an interview with all the winners of the competition coming up as well, including 
another really special video, a team roundup of the entire season. And that, that's going to be a fun podcast. And we're going to split that up into different videos for YouTube. So we're going to have really fun categories like the most improved driver, most disappointing driver as well, uh, maybe best moment or the most facepalm moment as well. We're deciding on what categories to take into account, but that should be one very fun podcast or video, depending on what platform you're using to watch or listen. Yes, it's going to be much more fun than the 2020 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. We can assure you that, right? <laughs> yes. But some other points that, uh, that I've actually written, Somil, and surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Kimi Raikkonen was the fastest Ferrari-powered car in Abu Dhabi. I mean, at least in terms of race classification, right? Uh, 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 sorry, Charles Leclerc had a grid penalty, yeah. But like we said, he was on the Kimi Raikkonen strategy that cost him, you know, points. And surprisingly, and I, I have the points sheet open with me, Charles has scored one point in the last three races, right? Mm. And he has dropped. He was the biggest loser. He has dropped from sixth to eighth place in the Drivers' Championship. He's behind Albon and behind Carlos Sainz Jr., right? And... Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. has had such a consistent run since, uh, you know, since uh, Germany. He didn't score in Russia and he didn't score in Italy. But, uh, you know, since Germany... Italy, I think he got a podium in Italy, didn't he? So, I meant, sorry, the second race in in Italy. Yes, so after Monza. Yes, yes, sorry. There's so many... (laughs) So many second races. Yes. So, Carlos went with his point-scoring spree. He has gone from... He was down in 11th in the championship and he's, he's finished sixth, right? Wow. And, and I'm pretty sure Ferrari are pretty kicked that they are hiring him when he has such fantastic momentum in his career in Formula One. A lot of it depends on the car as well. I'm not sure Carlos Sainz is feeling the most upbeat about this, but if you're <laughs> Ferrari, you've, you've got a steal, haven't you? Uh, you've attracted him to the team with the lure of Ferrari, not the car. Had he been thinking with the mind, except at least for the first couple of seasons, would have been a bad idea. But knowing Ferrari, we know that they can bounce back eventually with all the resources that they have. They don't often end up creating cars that start with an SH and end with a box. You know the word. Let's, let's not pretend <laughs> that they don't. Everyone's washed trash. But uh, finally, Kunal, before we go, uh, lots of narratives coming to a close here. It's been a season right. with multiple different things. Many stories weaving around across the year. We were firstly discussing how and if it, it would be possible to have a season at all. Then we saw Hamilton's dominance. Then we saw the midfield racing points copying gate, uh, or trace, tracing point gate. Let's put it that way, coming up into perspective as well. Uh, what do you think is in store in 2021? Now, 2021 was supposed to be the big year. It's turned into a stopgap year. Do you expect more of the same or something else? So I'll add one more thing to what uh-huh. we saw in 2020. For the first time in 2020, we saw Lewis Hamilton drive a Valtteri Bottas-esque race. And that's what he did in Abu Dhabi. He absolutely couldn't make a dent into Bottas or Max Verstappen's lead. So that was also one of the things. Yes, we are sounding a little harsh for a driver who's just come out of COVID and has been saying that, wow, I'm really ta- I'm really drained. But, you know, just, just putting it out there on, on a lighter note. But... Talking of 2021, what I'm really looking forward to is, you know, the new drivers that are going to come in. Danny Kvyat, 
you know uh, announced pretty much in every every uh, post race uh, uh, interview that you know you'll see an announcement maybe tomorrow or you know in the next couple of days and they've told me they want sunoda i'm hoping that i'll be a reserve driver i'm hoping i my performances can help me make a comeback in 2022 and and so on so i think that the the junior drivers making come through will definitely be on the agenda you know there's mick schumacher there is the bad boy nikita mazepin that we're looking forward to yeah and and there's always george russell what else he can do i mean he's no longer going to be an inexperienced formula 1 driver right yep. so lots of uh, new blood coming in there's yuki zonoda as as we are you know hoping would come through there's fernando alonso so the driver lineups in different teams will definitely excite all of us i would say uh you know i think the only big team that doesn't have a, big, a driver lineup change as we know is mercedes okay and uh, the changes in in the car floors and and the changes that they're trying to make to aerodynamics uh you know to try and even out some of the performance advantages that's going to be interesting to see if teams have made some gains or not there are token systems in place so that teams can upgrade a few things and, and you know spend some tokens on that so you sort of have to mm. prioritize what you want to upgrade and then the best is what mclaren will spend their tokens on getting a championship winning mercedes power unit at the back of their cars so much just so much to discuss at depth that's after christmas we're going to be shooting our uh season preview videos after that one we are going to be doing a lot more stuff on the inside line formula 1 podcast and pitch the podium stay tuned that's all i can say the frequency might decrease because of course the races are not going to be as frequent in fact they're not going to be there at all what am i saying but we'll be coming up with more exciting content all the way through until the season begins when the cycle as we all know all restarts but folks it's been an epic year uh it's we're so glad to have you long listening so glad to have you long watching participating as well in the pitch the podium grand prix prediction competition yeah it, it overwhelms us just uh, we're hoping that we can provide you better content and more of what you need next year as well so we we we're hoping for much better things in that department but uh, i'll take a minute kunal generally it's been an epic year hosting these videos as well uh my game Absolutely. has been up my my game has been up uh, being selfish in this case i did not have a very natural style of speaking before this but these videos being next to someone like you who's been in the sport so much who's done so much just having that different perspective as well changes things and honestly it's been it's been epic but there's more coming of course it has been epic and likewise for for me as well you know it's it's great to be discussing the sport with you among all the other things that you and i end up discussing it's it's great to be pushing ourselves into you know deeper into stats deeper into you know perspectives and insights and the business mm-hmm. of formula 1 and you know I, i we've already heard from so many listeners and viewers you know of the inside line f1 podcast and pits to podium of how fantastic an addition you've been uh, you know to to every to the inside line f1 podcast of course you know and pits to podium is all your brainchild uh, you know from the start somil mm-hmm. so it's 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 we doing this uh, with you for one season and for the several seasons to follow guys i'm going to be shameless and plugging another thing up uh, sundaram is also coming up with an epic award show of sorts so sundaram is a part of our team excellent in stats if you haven't already check out our stats review Uh we're going to have that on the MP Formula 1 page I'll link everything down in the description. Uh there's a lot coming up. It's not going to be it's not going to be a quiet winter folks. It's going to be a fun one. But until then 
We shall see you very shortly. It's been a lovely year. Too much of the emotional stuff. See you soon. That's the thing. We're going to have a lot more stuff coming up. Thank you so much, Kunal. Thank you so much for watching, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Stay here. Absolutely. Thanks, Samil. And I'm sure I'll speak to you soon, even if it doesn't get released as a video. Yeah, definitely. See you, folks. Bye-bye. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, it- is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.